This week's episode of Here's What I Don't Get is brought to you in part by The Creep Off, hosted by Vinnie Paulino and co-host Carl Hamburger from uh, Who Are These Podcasts. These two guys get together every week to talk about true crime, but with a twist. Every episode, you vote on which person is creepier, and after five times, one of them has to face the consequences on a, on a wheel. They spin a big wheel of consequences. They have to do something embarrassing like going out and watching porn. I think the last one was they lost... Uh, Someone lost a whole month's worth, no, a whole month's worth of Patreon or Patreon full time, but it's the only show by creeps for creeps about creeps. Go check it out at thecreepoff.com. Hello, and welcome back to Here's What I Don't Get from North to South, East to West the longest continuously running podcast on the See You Next Tuesday podcast network. I'm your host, Vinny Paulino, and with me today, two very special guests. Fresh off a three-day Coke Zero and Destiny Bender, it's Tim the Handlebreaker, and he's been called the Ayatollah of Stagehands. It's Tab Burt. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, how's it going? Welcome to the show, big guest Vinny Paulino from The Creep Off. Thanks for coming in, Vinny. All right, already with the fat joke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Vinny was a spite producer request, I believe, by Fred the Truck and also Koof. So yeah. that's why we have him on the show this week. Um, well, thank you, Fred the Truck and Koof. Glad to be here. Yeah. And he has a podcast called The Creep Off, which I just recently started listening to. Vinny, tell us about The Creep Off. Well, it's a bit of a problem. Uh, you, you know, Carl, you just did WATP with them the other day, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. So basically what our show is is it's a, uh, a true crime contest. Because I feel like there's a million people who do like those Wikipedia, just reading true crime stuff, never getting to the point, all with the same, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe it takes on everything. So what we decided to do is take it and make it, uh, I don't know, what sort of to say, a little more abrasive. <sighs> a little, <laughs> a little bit more for men. Little, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no wine, just White Claw in our studio. Yeah. But they uh, basically the, the premise of the show is we pick a category. The listeners submit a category every week. Like uh, the one we just did today was uh, creepiest person from Virginia. And uh, we had to, you know, find each of us had to find who we think is the creepiest person from Virginia. And we act, basically act like reverse lawyers. Where it's like, <laughs> not, where I'm like, no, my guy's shittier. And he's like, no, my guy's shittier. <laughs> And we argue, you know, in terms of like who is worse and then the listeners vote every week and there's a scoring system and uh, there is a wheel of consequences, as I believe you mentioned earlier. Yes. And then they do a scum parade, which is like a rapid fire creepos. Uh Um, It's a lightning round. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's basically just to wrap up the the just awful things that have happened in the world in the last week. Yes. It's a lot of fun. I when I started, I started listening to W.A.T.P. Uh, in 2020, I started listening to it because we were doing the live show in Tampa and I wanted to have an idea of like what Carl's shtick was. I uh-huh. had never really listened to it and I enjoyed it a lot. And then they started talking about the creep off and I decided when I got close, when I finished WTP, I'd check out the creep off and everybody, when I, I've mentioned that everybody said, no, no, you should just listen to the creep off. It's the way better podcast. <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, I, I, <laughs> I subscribed and started listening and, um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta agree. It's one of the things I like about the creep off is that it's kind of short. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not three and a half hours long. Yes. Um, and the, it's a lot better than most of the true crime that is accessible on the internet today. I bet it's, it's funny. Cause it's not, 
we just have a sense of humor about it. Like we take literally nothing seriously. And, and you know, it, it's one of those things where we'll tell the same story of something that you may have heard before, but we just try to come at it from a funnier angle. And you know? I got to say the making it a contest makes you invested. Like do you have to kind of decide they have uh Carl has his Kazaroos, Vinny has the Vietnam true believers and, uh, like when Vinny wins, he plays the John Cena theme and a bunch of other sound effects, and it's hilarious. Yeah, we we have a very like healthy competition. We don't get mad at each other about anything. He actually is kind of mad at me right now because he lost uh, a few weeks ago, and he had to spin the wheel, and he lost his half of the Patreon money to me. Yeah, <laughs> until he has to spin again. So until like the next person spins, I just get to keep all of his money. <laughs> so, so it's freaking awesome. Yeah. And you guys are make and you guys are working on right now. They want to get up to 500 patrons and they're going to do a live roast of, you know, Carl and Vinny are going to be roasted on stage at the Carlson in and, uh, Rochester, New York. Yep. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun because they're going to bring a lot of the regulars that, you know, from WATP and the creep off in to make fun of them. Yeah. And I, I, can't wait for that video to come out. I really hope you guys get to that $500 mark. I plugged I it on I, Carl's show for you. I was going to thank you for that You're because welcome. you you are a much better co-host than he is. He's the <laughs> fucking co-host of the show and he never mentions anything about it uh, on his other show. That should be uh, the inferior show. Yes. The, and the alle allegedly inferior show. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of coming to its natural conclusion. We we know who these podcasts are. They're all terrible. <laughs> what we don't know about is all of these weird child molester cannibal killers in the world. We need to hear more about that. Although I will say uh, the the creeps that Vinny brings into the creep off um, physically make my stomach turn most of the time. Yikes. <laughs> I, I really do try to make people have visceral reactions to stuff, and it's not a nice thing to do. Like yeah, at gain levels? Or worse. Well, worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do some fucked up shit to the listeners. Like, I, I really try to get them going sometimes. And I, and I don't do it to be mean. I just want to win. I want the people listening to go, oh, my God, that other guy's way horrible than <laughs> Hillary Clinton for the fourth time. Uh, Hillary Clinton is terrible. I, Carl was absolutely right on that. I feel like he was robbed. Hillary Clinton is the biggest creep. She's a lizard person. <laughs> uh, I'm 100% convinced. Well, uh... Timmy, you ready against some issues? Yeah. Vinny, you ready against some issues? Oh, you know what? I Sorry, I clicked the wrong button and I muted my computer. Uh, Vinny, are you ready to get in some issues? Hot damn, let's do it. All right. Uh, well, here's what I don't get. <laughs> women loving true crime. I mentioned this, we were talking about uh, the creep off, but women love true crime. They and love it. It's... It's intergenerational. Yes. It's weird. You know, my, it's not just intergenerational. It happened and was immediately inter intergenerational. Yeah. My, my stepmom loves true crime. Uh, some of my close friends that are women love the true crime stuff. Yeah. My sister who's 14 is into true crime and wants to be a criminologist. They have this weird obsession with gazing into the horrible horrible things that yeah, happen in this world yeah. and and are somehow usually unfazed by all of it 
Yeah, they'll. Uh, my sister will talk about some stuff. She'll talk about stuff that they would have talked about on the creep off. That I'm, you know, driving in the car listening, and they're talking about someone raping a three month old girl and then smashing her, putting her in a pillowcase and smashing her into goo. And I'm sitting there driving, just being like. Oh God! I wish I was dead. Why did I fucking choose to listen to this? My sister's like I totally won that week. <laughs> my my sister will be like, oh yeah yeah, this, the, this serial killer, you know, he like a bowl of popcorn while oh, talking I'm about shove it, shove it in my mouth. Uh, you know, I have a take on this. I thought about this a lot because I was really surprised, especially like how abrasive our show is, how many female listeners we have. Like it, it, it shocked me, but I think. Are you guys married? Either one of you guys married? No. No. Uh, we are okay. talking about getting gay married to one another, yes. though. Yeah. That'll be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. Yeah. That That'll way I can nice. legally change my name. Well. That's the only reason. <laughs> Tab Burt's a wonderful name. That's not my legal name. That's what oh, I want to change it to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, listen, I, I, I don't need to know your politics here, but here's my take on this. Women love true crime. It comes back down to their catty nature. Hmm. Because women love watching true crime because, like, they're always terrified. Every woman that I've ever talked to, why they like it is because their entire lives, they're all scared of being murdered or raped. Yeah. And they watch this, but then they hear about other women being murdered and raped. And they're kind of like, ha ha. That's what I think is really going on. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. And it seems to me counterintuitive to our natural, our natural want is to, for safety. You know, we want, we like our little cozy homes and our beds and, and the nesting. And to me, learning what danger is out there is antithetical to that. But, but also the other way. So if a man were to hear about a rapist or a criminal burglar or someone, you know, robbing someone in his neighborhood, his thought would be to go defensive. Yes. Like, okay. Uh, for, for instance, years ago at my old job, we had someone break into the building with a big flange bridge bolt and just a, a lunatic homeless person. The police just, they took the bridge bolt away and they're like, all right, you run along there, sir. And in my mind, that guy should have just been taken to jail forever. Yeah. And when that happened, my immediate reaction was to go buy a gun that I could carry with me everywhere I go. So if someone tries to attack me with a bridge bolt, I can make them stop doing that. Uh-huh. And I think I think Bridgebolt might be a better last name than Bert. <laughs> Bridgebolt, I'm writing that down. Roger Bridgebolt. Bridgebolt. That's like bold. That's like a that's like a six a fifties actor. That's a leading man. What was the what was deconfirming? Deconfirming and Roger Bridgebolt in. Um, yeah. Th- so I a man wants to continue to safety whereas a woman would be like oh my god what if he hit me i there's a weird fantasy in their mind too because do you remember when that documentary came out the ted bundy tapes or letters or whatever it was on netflix and there was this huge thing on social media with women going ted bundy's fucking hot yeah yeah Yeah. like a serial murderer and rapist of young women. And then they got Zach Efron to play him in a movie, yeah. and which just even fueled the fire. He, you know what? It pisses me off that we could recast any t- any actor in any role ever just to make it more inclusive or whatever, but we couldn't do that with Ted Bundy. They couldn't have like cast me to play him. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Zach Efron in this just to make him extra steamy for the ladies. It's so stupid. Ted Bundy, so and that's it. Like I have, I have a passing enough interest. I think a normal human interest in in serial killers. Like yeah, I, yeah. I find Ted Bundy fascinating because 
by all accounts, he was charming and charismatic and he didn't really need to rape women, yeah. <laughs> but he did. And but the real thing I find fascinating about Ted Bundy was the way he helped catch the Green River Killer and kind of invented the idea of FBI criminal profiling, yes. which has allowed us to catch further serial killers. And I, it's life imitating art with that Hannibal Lecter, Clary Starling thing. Yeah, and, and he had dreamy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but the man had a special rape car that he had no front passenger seat in. So he could, he could lure women to the car by like saying he was looking for his dog or saying he needed to move something or he needed mm -hmm. help with something. And then he had this stick of steel that he would smack them in the back of the head, push him into the back seat and then drive, a, you know, drive him to his secret rape lair and rape them and murder them. Jesus and women, Christ. women see that story and they're like, Oh, like he could rape me. I any wish that day. was me. Yeah. <laughs> like the way he was caught was he broke into a women's dormitory at a college and bludgeoned a Florida woman. Florida State, right? Uh, yeah, Florida State bludgeoned a woman with a log, near, ra raped her while she was nearly dead, then broke into another room and killed a woman and, and raped her. Or, or with a fucking shampoo bottle. Yeah. Or, or maybe the first one died and the second one didn't. I don't remember exactly the order of events, but. He was just on a, a final criminal rape spree before he went to prison. Uh, it's, but women see that and they're, they're, you know, there was the whole court TV thing. That's the, the, almost the original form of reality television yeah. was the recaps of murder, like high profile murder cases on court TV and the watching the transcripts and doing all the reenactments and not like unsolved mysteries. We don't know what happened. It's like, yeah, we know what happened. Tim, the handle breaker broke into this house. He <laughs> killed an entire family with a shotgun and then he dismembered their bodies and ate them. And they're like, this is fascinating. <laughs> Listen, man, everybody loves a train wreck. Everybody loves a horrific story, whether they want to admit it or not. But people really have been fascinated with true crime for forever. You ever heard of uh, that Bell Gunnis lady? I have you ever not. heard about her? So she was like uh, this Norwegian lady who lived in the Midwest, and she was like advertising in Scandinavian like language newspapers that she owned a farm and she needed a husband. She had plenty of money, and all these guys were just coming to her farm, and then she was just fucking killing them, and then just like getting rid of their bodies to the hogs. And she did this for a while. And she when she got busted, um, they ended up like tearing down her house, but people showed up and built like carnival stands around it. And people were like, <laughs> like where well, they were excavating and stuff like that. They were just coming around and like basically having a good old fucking day with the family. Come on down to the murder scene, everybody. <laughs> Bring your kids. We got cotton candy. And fucking people were just digging up around the place. One, I read something. They said one little girl found a dead dog and was carrying around going, I got a dead dog. Bell gun is killed. People are crazy. <laughs> they love true crime. People it, are fucking nuts for it. It's they like, always have been. Uh, it's like one of those places where you can go and you can dig in the field and find your own minerals or gold or, or gemstones, but mm. you can find your own murder scene and I'll do your own aut autopsy. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fucking weird, man. So I don't they, know if, if there, is there a divide? Do you think there's a divide between women that love true crime because it's in podcast form where they can just imagine what's going on? And, but, but, the, but like there's like the whole Netflix boom. Right. I, I think it I think it's uh what's the word? I think it spans across all forms of media. You think I mean, so? There are books but I wonder if true crime as a genre now is is so has boomed so much because it's been watered down. Right? It's not like uh 
what's uh, the surviving edge weapons? Yes. Right. So remember the episode of uh, half in the bag, best of the, best of the worst, the worst where they watch surviving edge weapons. And they're like, the worst part was watching the actual police, uh, like autopsy, pictures. autopsy yes. pictures. Yes. Right. True, true crime podcasts are not showing autopsy pictures. That's true. Oh, You've never seen, watched my show. I've shown some pretty <laughs> fucked up stuff. Oh, that's true. They do live stream yeah. it so that you can see the. Because uh, because the the thing I, I I'm thinking of is there's a disconnect between uh, women loving true crime mm-hmm. and women like uh, being afraid to watch like gory movies. That's a fair point. Because like because the. You know, we talk about the shock value of the shock value of true crime and these you know, horrible events. You can be watching a movie, a fictional movie, where that happens, and someone like my mom, who does listen to true crime podcasts every day, uh, will just you know be squeamish and like, "Oh, this is t- terrible! Why are you watching this?" <laughs> Then she'll put in her headphones and it'll be like, here's the story of Marie Claire, an 18 year old girl who was violently murdered with and raped with him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it was like, she was raped and murdered in her home while her parents slept in the next room. Yeah. Like I can be giddy over a movie like the thing or any, like, or uh, just anything like with, you know, practical effects where, you know, heads blow up and she's like, that's disgusting. Why would you watch that? Right. (laughs) But that she's listening to things where people's yeah. li- li- real people, real people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, I know I, I, you were talking about how is it just because it's podcasting, but I, I disagree because we had, it was court TV and then it became true TV and like A and E has it. Mm-hmm. And my, my stepmom, I, she's, she'll just put on these TV shows about hor- horrible murderers and crime sprees. You know, there are books when we were in high school, we read uh, Truman Capote's In Cold Blood, yeah, which some people refer to as inventing the true crime genre. Mm-hmm. And I remember in that class the debates that were gotten into about things, specifically, I don't know if you remember this one too. So, Tim and I went to high school together, we were in the same English class for most of them, but our senior year English class is what I'm talking about, and we got into a debate because. So in cold blood is about this family in Kansas or something being killed with a shotgun and then the trial afterwards. And, um, the boyfriend of one of the victims starts dating another woman and the people of certain complexions in our class got real upset that that happened. And there was this huge debate about trifling and whatnot. And the women were all really, really, really into it. And the, the men in the class were just sitting there like, can this please end really anytime today? Yeah, because it's school and they're a bunch of nerds. Uh, debate. No, no. Our English class was not the nerds. Our English yeah. class was all of the underachievers. Yes. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Yeah, our... So... This is, you know, glory, play glory days, Carl. Uh, on our, when we were in our senior year in high school, Tim and I signed up for a humanities class because it sounded like not taking AP English, yeah. whatever <laughs> composition, whatever the fuck the class was. And then they, the state of Oklahoma decided the humanities does not count as English credit. And because our high school was this like magnet advanced program school, the only other option was to take AP English. So we all got bumped into AP English. 
And the first day of class, the teacher goes, all right, I know a lot of you guys signed up for humanities and you didn't necessarily want humanities. You want, didn't want AP English. So just so I have an idea of what the class is going to be like, um, who in here signed up for humanities and our, every other class had been like three or four people. And our class was every single student, every single student. It was all like, it was, it was underachievers. It was sports people yeah. who wanted an, who, you know, wanted an easy English class. It was smart people who wanted a, a, a relief class. Yeah. It was, it was great. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were all not, none of us were interesting. And then I was a huge I caused a lot of problems oh, in a yeah. lot of classes and that one specifically <laughs> several times. But Did you guys all like have to stay after school and was there like a jock and like a really like, smart <laughs> idol girl? Did you guys like have a whole like breakfast club thing? Yeah. Then there was a guy who really liked hamburgers too. He was, you know, he wore a crown. <laughs> there was a hot, there was a hot redhead who was into me, but also a hot blonde. I can uh -huh. never decide. Uh, it was a, it was a different time back then, but yeah. So in cold blood came out in the forties, I believe. I and so. that's the birth of the genre. And then I think women just latched onto it and they, they read it. And like I said, I've read my fair share of, and I read Jeffrey Dahmer's father's book about raising a son who became a, <laughs> a serial cannibal. It's actually a very fascinating. Yeah. Book. The book is called oops. <laughs> <laughs> the My, fuck out of here he wrote a book about it, raising a kid oh it wasn't no no no. it wasn't about raising a kid it was it was called a father story and it was more a self-reflection on everything he did wrong he thinks that he did wrong that allowed his son to kill like nine people and eat them number one i jokingly <laughs> said hey why don't we eat that guy <laughs> it's a good book if you're interested in true crime it's, it's worth checking out um lionel Dahmer, i think is the father's name but Lionel, way to go but I am not one. I am not. I'm very much turned off when I hear the stories that they talk about on on the creep. Yeah, because they're fucking disgusting. That, it's one of the you know, I'll maybe leave the, who are these podcasts on while we're driving around. If I'm if I've been listening to an episode and yeah. you get in the car. But if the creep off is on, that shit's getting turned off because <laughs> I don't want. So I, I understand that. I understand that. But that's the fun. That is the that should be a consequence is having to someone have needs to put together a compilation of some of the most horrific stories from the creep off. And then one of you should be sent to the mall or a big public <laughs> store and have to listen to it on a big Bluetooth speaker until you're asked uh, to leave. No one would care. Uh, there's a video on our YouTube right now of Carl had lost and his consequence was he had to go to Walmart and blast porn on his phone. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, I do that every weekend. Well, we went to Walmart and you'd be surprised how comfortable the people in that store were with just pornography being blurred at them. <laughs> we went all over the store. He did it like five or six times and no one gave a fuck. It was unreal. Should have done it in uh, Target. A higher class content yeah, clientele. Yeah. He refused. He'd get recognized. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to come back here next weekend and do grocery shopping. Fucking fancy pants with his Target. Uh yeah, too good. Carl's too good to go to Walmart. Well, not anymore. Now that he's now he's missing half of his Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> he's not allowed in the Walmart now. Goodbye, Market Fresh. Hello, Great Value. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't. I think. I think maybe Vinny has it right on that women women are catty and they like to see the suffering of others. Maybe I I've said it several times on the show. That I don't think women have the ability to have empathy, so they can't. 
they can't self-insert into a victim. Well, I don't know if I could go that far, but I will say that it's very obvious that women are titillated by the details of this. It's yeah. very obvious. Huh. There's only one way to, there's only one way to find out. We need to do uh, more studying, maybe some autopsies. Uh-huh. I'm going to go down to Skid Row and start on that project. <laughs> <laughs> Kidnapping women. My creep this week, Tamper. <laughs> Kidnapped women and forced Former them to podcast. listen to podcasts <laughs> about true crime while asking them weird probing questions. Or uh, we'll have Patrick Michael, I'll have Tab. That'll be be our contest. If I can beat Patrick Michael on that, I'll be, that'll be all, it'll all be worth it. Yeah. Although I think by the time Patrick Michael will be a creep, it'll be because he murdered Carl Hamburger. (laughs) I can't wait. Uh, All right, Tim, what is your first issue this week? Uh, Here's what I don't get. Traffic jams. Uh, I'm not talking about cars. I'm talking about, uh, talking about work. Big trucks. Yeah. Big trucks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, every time we got a, every, every time I work a big show here, uh, like, uh, load in is usually, uh, it, it can be fast, but it's, but it's a lot, it's a lot slow, uh, slower than load out because load out is like shows done. Everyone just like scatters like ants to immediately undo the hours of work they did that morning as fast as humanly possible so they can get out of there. Cause it's, it's already, you know, nine, 10 at night. O'clock. Yeah. 11 o'clock at night. I want to get home. I hear uh, that you did the stage work for like a WWE show. I did on the 17th. I dedicated that to you. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I was, uh, the last time I did it, I dedicated it to Tony from hack the movies. And I was like, Tony, are you watching WWE? And he goes, nah, I had other stuff to do tonight. And I said, fuck you, Tony. That was all for you. Do you know how much hours of work? Do you know what, what yelling at I got from those motherfuckers? And then you don't even watch it, Tony. So this time I was like, fuck you, Tony. This one's for Vinny. I'd rather drop dead than watch WWE most weeks. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's how you know. That's how you know he's a true fan. That's he's a, he's a true wrestling fan. Yep. I but, see, but listen, I'm not trying to give you shit, but like when you deal with like the wrestling stuff, like I've been work, I've worked for wrestling companies before. Tearing down a ring takes a long ass time. It's a fucking busy job. Yeah, yeah. I I have to. I make. I take care of those guys tearing down the ring and the video wall and the deck and everything else, all the backstage stuff. So, oh God! Yeah. Anyway, Tim, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, loadout is everyone scatters like ants. Immediately, everyone's rushing, uh, and the first thing that happens is there's a traffic jam. Yeah. Uh, people have road cases. They're trying to get out. People uh, are in the place where the road cases need to be, and they need to move. And it's just it's 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 chaos. The first. Uh, especially like five minutes of actual work is chaos during loanout. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it, it peters down in, into like fucking get out of my way. I need to push this thing out of here. And uh, I, I had not that, that's see, but that's not what, that's not my mindset during loadout. Right. Uh, I was talking about, about smacking the desk <laughs> until all the springs and the arms made the microphones ring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was uh, I was working video last mm. night, and uh, specifically we had there was a giant video wall, right? Giant LED video wall, and then there's two uh, same height, but only you know just just a, like panel with uh, video walls on the sides, 
unfortunately, those giant video walls on the sides were blocking all the traffic. Yes. It's it's like the guy that uh that like crashed his car right in in the middle of the road where everyone needs to get through and 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 uh, so no one can get through because this guy crashed his car in the middle of the road. Uh, but he's 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 trying to get out of there, right? He's trying to get out of there. If you would just give him five minutes, if you would just fucking wait five minutes and not lay on the horn, he'd be out of your way forever. You wouldn't have to see him again at all. Yeah. But no, people, you know, this happens in real life. People will be behind, will be behind that guy honking their horns just in the whole night. Yes. Making him like not, not be able to do his work as well. And everyone's also trying to squeeze around the, the, the half a car length that they can maybe squeeze through. Uh, That's the thing about shows. A lot of times that I've noticed is so well-organized shows they'll do first in last first mm -hmm. in last out. Uh, So, you know, you, you bring a stage in and, the decking is all at the front of the truck and yeah. the legs are at the back of the truck. So you bring the legs in, get them in place, bring the decks in, set them on top. Boom, you're done. But every so often you'll get these shows where they have some piece that needs to be in the front of the truck, but doesn't come down right away. Yep. And so then everything is just sitting and waiting for this one thing to get done. And it's not really prioritized as being the first thing done and you end up with all this shit just blocking the past. And when you finally are able to get those last pieces into place, they, you're, it's even worse because you're having to dodge through all of the shit that you've already finished. And uh, it's like a, that's a problem with the design of how you're trying to get things in and out. Sure. That's immensely frustrating. It's like we could we could shave half an hour off of this if you would you know, load this differently or... Yeah plan this differently or prioritize things differently, but that's why I'm not in charge of those things. <laughs> Cause then I'd be cutting my own hours. Yeah. I, I would totally empathize you with you guys, but I'm talent. So we'll uh, <laughs> be talking about that in just a minute. Uh, I, the, there's a mentality too of the rush to get it all out as fast as possible. That causes so many problems. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that I notice is you have you do these big arena shows and they they have all the chairs down for the, the guests. And of course, the first thing and the once the audience is clear is they have to move those chairs out of the way so that yeah. you can use the arena floor to stage stuff and drive forklifts or bring boxes out. And they start pulling those chairs. And what is the floor look like at every fucking event you've ever been to? It's confetti, spilt beer. Just discarded food yeah. yeah it's just a mess and then, so there's all these puddles and then you're dragging cable through puddles and your hands get covered in sticky warm beer mm. or soda or whatever your piss <laughs> like whatever's on the fucking floor yeah you're slipping and sliding on some stuff i did this show at a at the um convention center here and they blew out a bunch of mylar confetti at the end of the show and the house janitor folks started using leaf blowers to blow the confetti all to one area and i thought i'm thinking why don't you guys get like i don't know a fucking vacuum <laughs> ah dummies but they're blowing all the mylar confetti towards the stage so uh, now right in front of the stage is this big pile of mylar confetti that's on top of carpet and 
for people who don't know this, because I didn't know this until that night, Mylar confetti on carpet is basically the same as ice. And about three or four people were walking, hit some Mylar on the car and just fucking fell Banana on their ass. Yeah. yeah. Like, like being on a, in a roller rink or something. <laughs> and fortunately no one was injured other than, a, you know, bruised yeah, ego bruised or ass, hurting yeah. your butt. But I'm just like, why, why could we not have blown this in the opposite direction of where work was happening or vacuumed it or done literally anything? Oh, no, no, we, we got to get all this into a pile so we can get out of here. Like, yeah, well maybe your pile could not be on top of where all of our shit is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, people are like, oh, you got to get this box of truck, box of truck, box of truck. And that the person pushing the boxes and the impression that they have to get it there. They have to get it there. And then they're not really paying attention. They're going too fast. The person in front of them stops and they run over their feet or they crush them between two things. Years yeah. ago, there's a story about a guy who the forklift driver wasn't paying attention and he pinned the dude to the wall, hit the fork, hit the guy in the shin and pinned his leg to the wall and nearly cut his leg in half. Holy shit! Because people aren't paying attention. And, no, yeah, and They're, you're you're hyper focused on what your what what your your own thing. The one thing, and then at the end of the the night, you always end up with this moment where you have a hundred people standing around waiting on yep. one truck to get its last bunch of boxes. Yeah. And we all know that moment's coming. So if we just took ten percent off of that. Maybe instead of standing around doing nothing for 10 minutes, we're only standing around doing nothing for five minutes and nobody's injured and I'm not having to go fill out workman's comp information yeah. for someone, which yeah. I really, really hate doing because it's just so much paperwork. Yeah, it's the combination of like everyone hyper-focused on their own task uh, mixed with the traffic jam really makes it so that people are, people are so... Um, impatient during loadout yeah like like uh like you can't be in you can't like go under someone's trust like how long does it take a person to like so trust is at head height yeah or ju just below head height how long does it take you to court to like duck under a truss into the other area of the arena you need to go to half a second half a second maybe if you're slow uh, but the guy's like, really? You got to go under me. <laughs> I was trying to fly that in at yeah. one foot per second. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I noticed about traffic jams, and this is like inside baseball with uh, touring shows, is that so touring shows work in different scales depending on the size of your arena. arena yeah. Like if you're going to the, uh, what's the one? Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a gigantic show. Humongo. You're going to have you know, much, if, if your stage is the same size, you're going to have fill the sides with video wall and more lights and more hanging yeah. things. But then you come to an arena in like po podunk nowhere. It's a much smaller arena. This one only seats like 10,000 people. And most shows are good about having like a scale based on the size of their seating. Like we're going to do, but then some shows go, no, 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 these people, we, we're not going to downscale because no we're in a smaller arena. These people deserve the they same show that they show. got in Madison yeah. Square Garden, which is admirable. Uh -huh. But then you end up with things where you have way too much shit and, yeah. you know, what is uh 10 pounds of shit in a five pound sack and you're, you have video wall blocking the main entrance and exit to the, <laughs> to yeah. the, the floor and, it, you know, video wall that's coming down and hanging at five feet. So someone who's a normal height, every time they walk through has to duck because yeah. there's no other way. And, 
and you're like you are just you're creating this bottleneck where not only can you know you can't get a lot of stuff through because you've piled so much shit in front of this doorway but you also can't get anything that's very tall because you've brought stuff in why can't can we not just fly this out 10 feet until we're ready to actually take it down and when you're taking it down can you take the one down on the side everyone comes and goes from first not the one on the side nobody comes and goes mm -hmm. from but people don't people don't plan uh, uh when i was in college that was one of the, all my designs everything that i did it was like half of it is designing for the show and the other half is designing for the out yeah. because designing for the show you have in, in theater, you have a week to, you know, load all your stuff in, tech it, cue it, and you can tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak. But the out, like the show is Sunday, there's a 1 p.m. show, show comes down at 4, loadout starts at 4.30, and ideally we want to be home and in bed before midnight. Yeah. So, and that's, that's on, you know, that's a college thing where nobody knows what they're doing. And so I kind of geared all my stuff so that my loadouts would go quickly and all of my loadouts always went quickly and then they'd I'd be like all right we're done can i go home like now nah, you got to roll over into this other department like fuck that they didn't fucking plan for the out i plan i getting punished for planning for the out i hadn't <laughs> helped them with their shit that always annoyed the shit out of me uh, you finny with this talent over there yeah are you guys done bragging about having careers Yes, I guess so. <laughs> well, Tim, uh, well, being bring, gainfully employed. Uh, well, I'm gainfully employed. Tim only yeah. works when I call him. <laughs> well, uh, that brings us to another episode, which means it's time for. This episode is brought to you in part by the Ricketta News Network. Definitely not fake news. Well, Tim, what news do we have today? Uh, our first news story comes to us from the greatest. Uh, modern sports event known to mankind the olympic games oh, oh jesus christ i'm so hell yeah sick Beijing, let's go. olympic games yeah they we all love the olympics yet, and i'm do you have these fucking ads they're doing for the olympics where it's like it's just the most cringe sob story bullshit like just get out there and play your stupid fucking sport <laughs> that no one cares about but so you know what though? they do it wrong they market it all wrong yeah they do because, like, they try to make it all, like, these stories of drama about these people and all the shit they've overcome. Like, it's fucking American Idol. No, this fucking dude's got two fucking pieces of wood strapped to his feet. And he's flying 75 miles down the side of a mountain and off a fucking, uh, a fucking ramp. How are we not, like, selling that that's badass? Because he's a foreigner. No one gives a shit. Fair enough. There's American guys, too. Uh, well, speaking of sports, no one plays... Um in preparation for the 2024 Paris Olympics, uh, the International Modern Pentathlon Union, there's a whole union, uh, athletes committee uh, have been suggesting the replacement for uh, horse riding in the pentathlon. Um, apparently, there's there was a horse punching scandal uh, at last year's uh, Olympics. <laughs> Is it a, it, yeah, they, boxing horses. <laughs> I wish that would be the best Olympic sport ever. Horse boxing, <laughs> either boxing on horses or making horses box. You choose. They didn't punch enough horses was the scandal. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this committee has been um, uh, suggesting replacement uh, bits. Here are some of the proposals for uh, replacing uh, horse riding. Uh Let's see. Cycling, 
either mountain biking, motocross, or electric. Mm-hmm. Uh, roller skating, obstacle <laughs> racing. How did you say roller skating? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's um, the dumbest one I've ever thought of in my life. Yeah. Roller skating in the Olympics. Drone racing. The, how is that? <laughs> Which uh, maybe I need to get into that. They just, they just pull a bunch of gamers for the drone racing. Gamers. Um, and one of them, this, the dumbest one, pillow fighting. Oh, my God. Uh, did, they put the, did they just put a poll on Twitter or something? And, and that's where these suggestions are coming from. <laughs> no, these are the suggestions from the committee. Oh my god! Um, pillow fighting, Olympic pillow fighting, is a combat sport where competitors hit each other with specialized pillows. I guarantee uh, the French are the ones who submitted that, filled with like nuts and bolts. Apparently, <laughs> professional pillow fighting is due to make its pay per view debut in an event organized by the Pillow Fight Championship in Florida, um, in the United States. Uh, this week, this last weekend, Saturday, was the um, pay-per-view debut um, of pillow, professional pillow fighting. Are you for real? I am for real. Professional pillow fighting pay-per-view. The pillow fight championship uh, largely features amateur boxers and mixed martial artists um, competing over three rounds with the specialized pillows. I cannot wait for the future creep off where they talk about the Tanya Harding of professional pillow fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's legs broken so that they can't fight. I, I think this should be like really attractive women should be doing. That, I was just going to say what you really need for professional, <laughs> professional pillow fighting should be really hot chicks in pajamas. Brazil uh, wins. Brazil wins. <laughs> but holy shit, like, could you imagine us in the blue corner coming in at 108 pounds? You know, it's fucking like super hot chicks just smashing each other with pillows. So awesome. uh, I'm going to I'm gonna show Tab my phone, which is, which has a video clip of professional pillow fighting going on right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're they're dressed like MMA, women MMA fighters. Yeah, and, and one's got a blue pillow, one's got a pink pillow, and they're just... Uh, they have big bulky handles on them so that they can swing them with one hand and I guess block with the other. See, I can't take the sport seriously. If they're going to make it the pink pillow, it should be the red pillow. What are we doing? <laughs> I, uh, they should add professional pillow fighting to the Miss America championships. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's where you need it. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Vince McMahon is going to scour the ranks for talent. Uh, well, our next news story uh, features a prolific creep. Uh, maybe this is some uh, some fuel for next week's episode of the Crepe Off. Uh, a drug suspect found with fentanyl in a bag of hypodermic needles in Florida told police that he was using the syringes, quote, for fishing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Hell yeah. Police responded Saturday afternoon to a 911 call about a suspicious person, and they encountered Eric Bennett, a 30-year-old man, um, he was visibly intoxicated on an unknown substance at the time. Uh, they asked about the large bulges in the pockets of his shorts and whether he possessed any weapons. He said, quote, I have hypodermic needles for fishing. And then he then removed a plastic bag loaded with syringes uh, from one of his pockets. Um, and then, of course, he, uh, he he had his fentanyl on him. Uh, I... I what exactly does the, cop, this, the, yeah. the cops like the cops like, Hey, uh, for fishing, huh? And he's like, yeah, for veins. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. 
And then he like gives the officer like a little elbow thing. Come uh-huh. on. Come on. The, he's, wink, wink. He takes, puts some meth in there and just injects it into the water and that gets the fish to freak out and they just come <laughs> jumping out and he catches them in a net. Or, or he's, um, he's really into like, uh, like, oh, like, uh, ancient weaponry and he couldn't get, couldn't find any spears. <laughs> no, <laughs> All he had were these hypodermic needles. So he's just like javelin throwing hypodermic needles at <laughs> these fish. Nah, I like to think that this meth head got all fucked up and went down to the pond and it was like diving under the water trying to grab a fish and just stab it in the neck. Like he's a fucking, <laughs> like he's a fucking Navy SEAL. Yeah, like a underwater spearman. He's got two hypodermic <laughs> yeah. needle in each hand and he's just in the, there in the water up to his waist like he's trying like, to stab them. This shit is he's so got, good. He's got one in each hand, one in his mouth. The <laughs> fish need this meth. You won't get away from me. And then he just eats them completely raw, raw. like oh, Gollum. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of meth, uh, we're going to move to a different uh, state. Uh, Alabama. Um, there's a there is a trial going on for Mickey Joel Polk. Uh, Mickey Joe Polk. Bro, we um, just did this story this afternoon on the creep off. Really? Well, yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> rerun. Right rerun. <laughs> Let's talk about this fucking sure. guy. He's a hoot. This He's guy, Mickey Joe Polk, uh, allegedly kept a squirrel supplied with methamphetamines as an attack squirrel. <laughs> what? My take is brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, he's he faces charges for possession of a wild animal, stolen property, and possession of whoa, a whoa, weapon whoa, whoa, by whoa, a felon. Whoa. Possession of a wild animal? Yeah. How is that illegal? <laughs> it must be an Alabama thing. Okay. Um. He was well, arrested. The thing was on meth. It was fucking wild. Yeah, he, he fed in meth to be an attack squirrel to attack other squirrels or attack the cops. Like the cops to attack, to attack anybody. Yeah, uh, he was arrested on charges of chemical endangerment of a child and tracking methamphetamine, as well as uh, some other drug and weapons charges. Um, they wow. they had a whole man for him manhunt for him a couple years ago. Um. After they busted one of his places, and it had meth, ammo, and body armor, um, and the fucking squirrel, and the squirrel, uh, yeah. Apparently, luckily, apparently the the cops were able to uh, find it in its cage, so he didn't get to didn't get the chance to unleash it on the cops. But they, could you imagine being a cop and, and raiding this guy's fucking trailer or whatever the fuck it is, and he lets that squirrel out, <laughs> and that crazy-ass squirrel is jumping from, like, SWAT team guy's neck to SWAT team guy's neck, just fucking biting them, and they're just fucking shooting at each other in the air? I mean, this is this is brilliant. It gives you just enough time to get away. I love this idea. My favorite part of this story is that um, when the cops are talking about the story, they said that, quote, there was no safe way to test the squirrel for meth. Whoa, 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 Which, whoa, 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 whoa. There was no safe way to test the squirrel for meth. Uh-huh. Then how did they know it was a methed up squirrel? Because uh, apparently people were warning the cops ahead of time. They were like, oh, you're going after Polk? Be careful. He's got that goddamn meth squirrel. <laughs> Which, that's funny people in itself. People warning him. Yeah. That's funny in and of itself, but to me, the phrase, there was no safe way to test the squirrel for meth, implies that they wanted to test the squirrel for meth and, I don't know, book it? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the the best part of that story. Are, are you, 
they let the squirrel go back they into the woods. They let oh it go God. out in the woods. Oh, no. That squirrel's going to be on like, Skid Row in no time doing shake <laughs> like, and bake. We couldn't test it for meth, so we don't know that it's actually on meth. Here you go, buddy. You're, just, like an actual, just like an actual meth head. Just release it into the wild, man. Catch and release. Mm-hmm. So, but the, the, the guy got arrested, and they let him out the next day because he posted bail, and he posted a video online of him with the squirrel. The fucking squirrel, squirrel came, came back. back to him. Yeah. He knows where his dealer is. <laughs> and he's like, this squirrel ain't on math. And I'm like, it came back, dude. It's on math. You're not anybody. Yeah. You take one look at that squirrel. He's on math. That just looks like a regular squirrel. All of them look like they're on math. Here's the thing that I, here's the real failing for this guy is that evidently he told too many people that he had a meth squirrel yep. and they were able to tell yep. the police. Yep. If you have a um, meth squirrel, you have to keep it to yourself. It has to be your disagree. Your- disagree. I think what he did wrong was sell too many people meth. No, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's a free country We're we're forcing vaccines down people's arms. What's the difference between that and meth? <laughs> um, touche. I don't fucking know. I'm not a doctor. Give them meth. I don't know. That'll fix something for somebody. Yeah. If weed fucking is medicine, I mean, Adderall is just... Well, no, they invented meth to, to use for pilots so that they wouldn't crash their plane. So that there is a medicinal yeah, purpose. Adder- for, Adderall is yeah. microdosing meth. So there is a purpose to it. But uh, I wonder if that squirrel's like really, really good at Fortnite. <laughs> to come to think of it. Uh, that's some funny shit. Well, this has been... The Ricada News Network. Definitely not fake news. And that takes care of our legal obligations this week. We know it doesn't take care of Tim. What? More shake and bake materials from my new meth squirrel. If you want to help <laughs> us with that, you can visit us at patreon.com forward slash HWIDG, which stands for. Here's what I don't get. Which is the name of the show. And over there, we have five tiers. We have the one buck tier, which gets you early access to each week's episode, plus our monthly minisodes. We have our $2 tier. Where we do our random bits and bobs, like our movie reviews, or if we do a random movie commentary or something like that. We have our $5 tier. Where we do our monthly bonus episodes. Here's what I do get where we drop the hate and talk about what's great. Then we have our $10 tier where you, the fans, submit a film. You vote on what film we watch, and we sit down and watch and record a feature-length commentary. And then finally, we have our $50 Spite Producer tier where you get a say in the show. You can ask for a special guest like Vinnie Paulino today. You can ask for people to be banned from the voicemail, banned from the Discord. You can have people uh, get, you know, special voicemail privileges, or we'll do special episode formats, or... Basically, anything that you want that we can try and do, we will do. I think that they were teasing about having us get Amaranth and Belle Delphine and some other <laughs> Twitch wow. thought on the show yeah, for, for Women's History Month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd tune in for that. Yeah, I would I, I would do a video episode of that, uh, but Tim and I would not be on the screen. <laughs> we know what you want to see. Yeah, we, we know what you want. It's the T and the A. Um, anyway. Yeah, so thank you to all our patrons, big and small. Thank you to all of our patrons, big and small, for supporting the show. We really do appreciate you help make it possible. And thank you, Vinny, for fulfilling a Spite Producer's request. My pleasure. Not a problem. Glad to be here. Yeah, well, let's get back. It's like a make a wish. It is like a make a wish. Um, Let's get, speaking of make a wish, Tim, uh, let's get back to some issues. Here's what I don't get stars. Uh huh. Not the uh, Stars Encore bundle on cable, but I mean people, you know, as Vinny referred to them as talent. talent. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to just say to all the talent, fuck each and every one of you. You are all scum. Oh, stop it. <laughs> no, really. Oh, come on. There's a difference. Um, there are there are some talent that's like really gracious. I yep. can't tell you how many people I 
were you know stagehands who've been doing it for 20 30 years who and and you know even i've been in this situation where you've like inadvertently sat down next to the big star of the show and had lunch and talked like normal people not not, not even, even knowing, knowing who they yeah, were yeah. and they're interesting folks but then you have these like weird superstars who have weird rules about everything and Vinny, you may know about this one because it's in your industry um but one of my favorites is jerry seinfeld Oh, God, I can imagine what's in his writer. His writer is fucking incredible. Um, I need a, I need a parking spot for a coal-powered car. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid shit. It, yes, there is. Um, so I did a Jerry Seinfeld show many years ago, and I was sent his writer, and I'm looking through it, and specifically, most of it's normal. Uh, he has very, very specific lighting requests, and it annoyed me because it looked like shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I tried to make it look not like shit. And his production manager was like, no, make it look like the picture I drew. I'm like, the picture you drew looks like dog shit on this stage. And they would not compromise. Like we could, it's just like, all right, here's your Jerry Seinfeld. Look, go fuck yourself. Yeah, Jerry Seinfeld's writer should be uh stool microphone brick wall. Thank you. <laughs> Bottle of water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but his dressing room requirements, that was the most incredible thing to me. It was that it was things. What year are we talking here? Uh, 2018. So Okay, so he's multi-cajillionaire at this point. Okay. Yes. He had requirements for certain number of drinks and teas and this kind of setup and the food. He had to have all these different kinds of snacks. This is a one-man show. But my favorite part of that, the food requirement, was that he had he wanted a natural peanut butter and uh, another like a crunchy brand. And if the peanut butter was needed to be stirred, it needed to be stirred before Jerry Seinfeld was on site because Jerry Seinfeld does not have time for stirring your, his fucking peanut butter before making his little sandwich. Okay. So here's how this goes. And I'm going to tell you because I listen, I'm a performer, but I also work for a comedy club that brings in very, very big acts. And a lot of the times the, the shit requests come from management because what happens is Jerry will walk in and go, oh, shit, I got to stir the peanut butter or whatever. And he'll like say something offhand like that. And the manager will just be like, don't worry, Jerry, I'll take care of it. <laughs> and they fucking go crazy and like make shit for everybody who's trying to just do their goddamn jobs. It really is awful. Yeah, uh, and I, I do think that that is the case because also on this same performance, so the other, there, it had to have wooden coat hangers for his jackets and um, he had to have a certain number of, of car magazines that needed to be current within a certain window of time. It's uh -huh. ridiculous. But to uh, be fair, though, I actually require wood coat hangers, too, but it's for my abortions. It's <laughs> <laughs> just my hang up. The um, I so I have Jerry Seinfeld's wooden coat hangers now, by the way. Nice. Yeah, uh, they left him behind. You fuck. Uh, and so at one point during this show, you know, they they wanted us to play. Do you really expect Jerry Seinfeld to walk out of there like I'm taking these hangers? <laughs> no, I just no, thought George George would though. I just thought it was funny that we had yeah, George would take this hangers. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that we we sent someone to the store to go buy this like twenty five dollar pack of five hangers because yeah. so they they had wooden hangers and then they were they yeah, that's were, a fucking episode of Martin Seinfeld <laughs> and and then. The presenter was like, 
we're, you know, take all this stuff out of the dressing room. We don't want it. And they go, oh, we don't care. And so I, I took Mr. Costanza, did you take the wooden <laughs> hangers? <laughs> they were in my rider. <laughs> um, anyway, so during this show, they wanted us to play music, mostly Frank Sinatra, New York music for walk-in, and it needed to play until the last person had exited the building. Not the theater, the building. and Because they wanted the music playing in the lobbies all the way through. Yeah. Uh, and so Jerry Seinfeld gets there like 30 minutes before showtime, does the shortest mic check ever. He basically walked out there and he's like, oh, check, blah, 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 this is working great. He told one joke and then he fucked off to his dressing room. And then we start playing music in the lobbies and he's down in the dressing room, I guess, flipping through his magazines and eating a not stirred peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> and maybe perhaps he makes an offhand As com- a great talent deserves. Yes. Maybe he makes an offhand comment about the temperature in the room and the particular star dressing room that he's in isn't, was not hooked into our automated HVAC system because you could so you could send it a, so a you particular set it thing yourself yeah. in the room. So management complains to building. Building sends an engineer. Engineer can't control it from his desk, so he has to go to the dressing room. Sure. So he comes to the Jerry Seinfeld's dressing room, knocks on the door, comes in. He's like, "I'm here to adjust the temperature." And Jerry Seinfeld gives him a look like, "Who the fuck are you? And why are you fucking disturbing me?" Yeah. And it's like. Motherfucker, I'm here because I was I didn't I didn't just show up to the star dressing room to be yeah. like, hey, uh, you may adjust this knob over here, check this shit out. By the way, can I get this my cop my puffy shirt sign? Yeah. <laughs> Someone asked for this, you asshole, but just the look of disdain of like you're not worthy of being people. Yeah. And there are stars like this all throughout the industry. Uh Britney Spears on her tour. Yeah, everybody's like free Britney and all this shit. Uh, I fucking can't no, lock her the fuck away. I can't stand She's that. She's already bitch. going over the edge, dude. Yeah. Yeah, she did um, many years ago. This is 2010 or 2011. She did that Carnival of Chaos tour, which was a fucking nightmare because it was a full stage concert show worth of trucks and And then also a circus. Yeah. (laughs) And it was just and they tried to do it all in in one day. So it was a like 4 a.m. start of load in show and then. The loadout started, and I think it went till 4 a.m. too. I mean, it was a fucking miserable, miserable show. But when her set finished and she was leaving the building, every stagehand in the in the building, everybody who wasn't part of her like core security personnel, the some of the touring people as well, had to go turn and face the wall like they were first graders in timeout. Holy shit. So that that no one would look upon no one deigned to look upon the beauty of Britney as she walked to her little SUV to be driven out. It's and it's it's bizarre. And because then you have people like Gene Simmons, right? Kiss comes to town and all the stuff says, don't talk to Gene Simmons. Don't talk to Gene Simmons. Don't talk, don't talk to the talent. Don't do anything. And then fucking the next thing, you know, you're just working and you look over and there's Gene Simmons just sitting on a road case, like trying to write something down. And he goes, Hey, um, do you have a pen? And you're like, uh, yeah, I do have a pen. Gene Simmons. There you go. And he's like, all right, cool. I'll write this down. There's your pen back. Like, well, you technically broke the rules. You should have just shaken your head yes and then handed it to him. Yeah, and it's like, okay, this is clearly like management put all this shit. Because then end of the show, here he comes out, like waving to all the stagehands before he gets in his car and drives out. Or, That's cool. Versus someone like Elton John, who has his limo brought all the way in the dock, 
all the way past the offices to right on the stage where the back door opens up against the stairs. He comes off the deck, down the stairs, steps into the limo. The limo pulls out of the venue, drives straight to the airport. He gets put on a private jet and flies back to fucking New York to sleep in his own bed that night. Dude, I mean, how far do you expect a man to waddle? (laughs) All the way. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough, but I mean... He's, he's, he's a little mess. He's a loopa loopa of a guy. That yeah, but you're his talking. His legs are just are being absorbed into his torso. Going back to traffic jams, like that is a 15 minute wait period to make that happen. Yeah. yeah. Where nothing can 30 happen. If you were stuck behind Elton. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't get it. I don't get the specifically. It, the vanity. it hurts my feelings. The treatment of stagehands yeah. because there's there's two perspectives on it, right? On the one hand, we would not have work were it not for the douchebags in these bands. Sure. But on the other hand, these douchebags in these bands would not have, have a, a show. show. Yeah. They they just stood up in front of twenty thousand people screaming, cheering, and got to do their vocation. Right. And now it's our turn to do our vocation, which is supporting them. What should be a symbiotic relationship. We should respect them for their talent and the fact that they create an industry that people like me have pursued as a career. And they should respect us because people like me pursued this as a career to make them not look like a little five foot six manlet with his fucking mohawk. (laughs) But instead, I've got to force a hundred eight a hundred some odd people into a little tiny hole so that when this one man walks by with his cadre of five security guards (laughs) he can be 15 feet away from everyone around him and i just don't understand the lack of empathy with other human beings because that's what it really comes down to is that you're you're just a person that's the way i've 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 i don't have that star struckness really to anyone i got it last night but i i didn't even, it didn't even register until after it had happened yeah I'm, just like, I'm staring at this person yeah and naked I in feel, the bathroom <laughs> do you feel in your professional opinion that there's more assholes or more people who are just cool i think i think there's more people that are just cool i think the assholes are they stand out the standouts yeah, yeah. Um, oh god yeah uh, because largely People come in, they say thank you. Yep. Um, sometimes you don't even like really brush brush against them. They yeah. go to their dressing room. I was working on one of the guys on the on WWE, and he said he had he had done he had been a hand for WWE like twenty years ago as well. Yeah. And uh, he said back then, like <laughs> he was he was uh, he was a little upset because they were like because you know they were like catering stagehands. Oh, you go fucking sit in the in the in the peon section you can't sit here in the catering yeah um because he said 20 years ago uh i fucking sat here and had lunch with hulk hogan and the rock and the undertaker and chatted to him that's kind of cool see that is cool that's very cool that's that's a hell of a fucking afternoon yeah but i just i feel like this all gets so misconstrued because celebrities i'm not trying to say that there aren't there aren't some of them sure. that are just absolute sure. fucking cunts but it's so fucked up the way that like the management of venues can be about it it's like you know the management of the talent versus the management of the venues and i feel like maybe you guys do get kind of fucking dicked around i feel bad yeah but 
I think that the the you stars. You're just to guilt me for all this stuff. No, I feel like the stars could nip that shit in the bud. If if they were paying attention and aware, like why are all these people crammed in this little hole? Oh, that's that's totally normal. Like it doesn't seem normal. <laughs> um, yeah, they don't pay attention though. That's the thing. Yeah, because I've done I've done shows where they drive the SUVs all the way up, you know, into the into the loading dock, but then we're still working past them. And they just walk out and get in their their trucks, and we're like, "Hey, don't stand behind this truck. It's about this SUV. It's about to drive out." And did you ever have to move out of the way for like a forklift carrying meatloaf? <laughs> <laughs> Uh no, I had I did not. Never gonna have that happen again though. Uh too soon. All right. Not not too soon. I mean too late. I Meatloaf honestly, when I found out Meatloaf died, I assumed that he had been dead for like fifteen or twenty years at that point. Yeah. When no was the way. last time you heard about him? Love Mr. Loaf. Mr. Loaf. <laughs> I hate I hate Meatloaf only because he was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Fuck that that was whole he? thing. Yeah. He's okay. um he's the motorcycle guy. Huh. Eddie, I think. You know, you know, I'm not meatloaf is not my hill to die on. Apparently it was his hill to die on. <laughs> but I just like love that fat fuck because I'm a husky gentleman and he was like in Rocky Horror Picture Show, he was like the dude fucking the hottest looking one. Oh Tim Curry. <laughs> he was fucking Tim Curry. <laughs> No, the redhead. The redhead's like all over him. He's the big fat sloppy guy. And I was like, yeah. I roll. I blocked out most Love of that, that yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I really hate I that know. show. Uh I, when I was a kid, I went to like a private Christian school, a very, very like religious school. And they had this uh magazine that they made our parents pay for called God's Word or God's <laughs> World. And God's world was like these super Christian talking points about the news that they for kids, and they would have them mailed to the school every week, and that we would have a class talking about our God's World magazine. And the first time I ever saw Meatloaf, he was on the cover of that fucking thing because Bad Out of Hell 2 came out, and they wanted to make sure that none of the children were listening to it <laughs> because of the satanic messagery and imagery. And it fucking, I was like, holy shit, this dude's awesome, you know? Like, I just saw that. I was like, oh, I got to hear that album in my Kids, don't listen video. to Meat Love's new album, Bad Out of Hell 2, <laughs> September that's, 23rd. <laughs> that's goddamn, like, show tunes and shit. <laughs> just like, what the fuck is this? I thought I was going to be rolling with the fucking devil. That is, I can't even start to unpack how weird that story is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been drinking White Claws, Carl, left here while we've been talking. So... Your school made your parents buy a magazine of just like proper religious propaganda from further 1, indoctrination. 1, oh my god, yes. I cannot imagine that. I oh, dude, it was awful. Were your was your family religious? Was or was it that just like the good school in the area? No, it was my family was very religious. Wow, I'm yeah. We read Boys Life instead. I never, I never had like magazines yeah. as a kid. I got a, I was given a National Geographic subscription when I was, I don't know, pornography in middle school. And no, what I loved about National Geographic was every other month there was a map in it, uh, and I love uh, cartography. Yeah. I was about to say, uh, <laughs> I was about to say a word, but then uh, someone would take that and play it and go like, ah, he likes pedophiles. I don't like pedophiles. <laughs> I like cartography. I like atlases. I like to see how things are laid out in space. Okay. Um, and I, I thought that was fascinating. It was cool reading about uh, 
you know, different places around the world. But uh-huh. that was. Well, that, you would have loved God's world because you would have learned all about how the Lord God made it all. <laughs> you, would really, you would have loved that book. Oh, God. Speaking of people that like maps. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's uh, most priests in the most Catholic priest, Church. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, back to, going back to stars, I don't, I don't get how, I don't know. It just irritates me on a visceral level. You know, there's the, was it Metallica that has the green M&M's thing? That was Van Halen, and it was put in there because they had had too many shows where the writer was clearly not red. Yeah. And so they put that green M&M's thing in there to make yeah, sure. Yeah, the that, stars are the assholes, right? So, so that they would know, hey, oh, there's a bowl of green M&M's here. They clearly read the writer. Well, they're... You can you can argue that oh it's their management that's the asshole or it's the venue management that's your asshole but if you surround yourself with assholes mm-hmm. you're an asshole like yeah. the people that I surround myself with are mostly people who are giving and funny people like Vinny and Carl who can like shit on one another <laughs> and take a joke and take it in stride and we all have fun yeah. like those are people that I want to be around if I somehow became superstardom my management would be people like that people like me i don't Uh, know man like those are your friends your management you want the assholes i know because i think you get more you know what's the you get more flies flies with with honey honey than vinegar um the the venue man the venue managers the stage managers the production managers who are easy to get along with who the promoters who don't yell at me because we're short those are the people that I want to do better work for. And I want to kind of meet them halfway. The people that are assholes, I just make me be an asshole back. Like the guy who bitches and moans that the stagehands haven't finished getting this trust down so that they can strike their rigging points is the guy who the next time I'm working with him, I'm like, yeah, uh, stagehands don't help the riggers put away their stuff. They get to put away their stuff because they're better than us. We're going to put away our stuff. And so that's why I say you can you can have a manager who's firm and not be a dick and not be like, yeah, we need to sequester all the make all the today chance turn and face the wall when Britney Spears walks by. Don't let anyone take any photo because that's the other thing about these stars is this concert. Uh, they've got signs on all these chairs, like every third chair had to have a sign that said no cameras are filming during the show. Right. And then at the encore, he comes out and goes, hey, guys, if you want to film the show, go ahead. You know, right now, this, this, that's great. And uh, so, of course, in the audience's mind, they see that and they think that everyone's being an asshole. Um, who's the guy that wrote Achy Breaky Heart? Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus is dead. Billy yeah. Ray Cyrus. Yeah. So Billy Ray Cyrus played a show at the Brady years ago when my parents were uh, first together. And they were working for this event company that still exists here in town as ushers. And it was a way to get a little bit extra cash mm-hmm. and see concerts. So this Billy Ray Cyrus show comes up and... They're they're told they're given this list. Don't allow anyone to take photos. Don't allow anyone to get out of their seats. There's no dancing, like all this stuff. So the whole night they have to be standing there and telling people not to take photos and telling people not to leave their seats and all this shit. And then the show ends. It it comes to the end of the show and Billy Ray Cyrus is like, why are you guys all still in the seats? Come on down. And, you know, and the fucking stands rush the stage (laughs) and all the ushers just left. Yeah, because. Now all the audience is sat all night being like bitched and moaned at by these Karen ushers. And in reality, it was a directive that came yeah. from on high. It's like, why 
why is that rule in the rider, Billy? Why did you not come out the stage and say, hey, why does oh. everyone stay in their seats all day, all night long until I said something? Like, oh, well, we put it in the rider. They're not, you know, the security's supposed to keep everyone in their seats the whole night. And he goes, well, I, I don't want them guess. to do that. What is that? I have a guess. I bet you it's probably because he wants to be the hero. And that makes him an asshole. <laughs> oh, yeah, agreed. I yeah. Mean, that was a wonderful story. And that's why stars are bad. I agree, though. I think that like that's the kind of shit that does make you crazy. I agree. Yeah. Yep. I don't think there's a way to fix it other than people just being like more kind, compassionate, understanding, which is not something we really stand for on this show. The answer uh, how to fix uh, live events apparently is COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just cancel them all. Speaking of live events, I forgot to mention this at the top of the show. Uh, Tim and I bought VIP meet and greet tickets to see Weird Al this summer. Yeah. So oh, that is fun. Hopefully he doesn't drop dead between now and then. <laughs> yeah. Didn't necessarily I'm sure, want, yeah. I'm sure he has carbon monoxide detectors. Yeah. I didn't necessarily want the VIP meet and greet because I don't really care. But those are the only seats that I can fit into in that specific venue because the venue is built in like the 30s. So all the seats are very narrow and very close together. And I, if I sit in the house seats, my knees are wedged to one side. You know how yes. in theater chairs it has that arc and you can kind of put your knees into the uh, apex between seats. So I have to sit kind of angled with my legs locked into that hole. Otherwise they won't fit. And so we ended up buying the VIP meet and greet tickets. So that should be fun. Looking forward to that until he, you know, he'll probably get, you know, COVID and die <laughs> with our luck. Yep. Let's not, let's not jinx weird Al. He's a treasure. He is. Daniel Radcliffe's going to play him in a new movie. That just seems just weird. bizarre. Weird. Uh, anyway, well, Tim, what is your fourth issue th this week? Here's what I don't get. The Arrowverse. Uh, if anyone's unfamiliar with the Arrowverse, it's the series of superhero shows on the CW. I thought it was a going to be like a Nike shoe. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this has been going on for almost 10 years now. What, 2022? Yeah, yeah. About, about 10 years now. And I don't understand how it has because so they started with green, the Green Arrow show, Arrow, right? And it was fine. They, they they just turned him into Batman, right? Yeah, he's just a he's just Batman, but because we, we don't have the rights to Batman. Well, they do have the rights to Batman. They just couldn't make a good one. <laughs> no, they didn't have the TV rights to Batman at the time. I think. Oh, didn't they do Gotham at the same time? Or maybe that was maybe that was it. Gotham it. was going on at the same time on Fox, so they're like CW, no way. That's the thing, right? So like the Arrow, uh, the first you know two three seasons of it. Um, had a had a decent budget for a show, and then they're like, "Hey, let's do the Flash." All right, we'll give the Flash the same budget as Arrow. Okay, well that's gonna be a lot of money. Shit. Um, well, we'll reduce Arrow's budget. We'll give them both seventy five percent of the budget of Arrow. Yes. So now the Flash comes out, and it kind of looks like shit. Uh, but the the cast was somewhat endearing, I think. And so but it's also a, like a more interesting character that hasn't really been done overdone. And like, they're just doing like either is green arrow, but the flash is a more popular choice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I agree. Um, and then they're like, well, 
these these guys, you know, uh, we do the team up episodes and those work out really well. Let's start throwing in more heroes in there. So they start just introducing all these fucking heroes. You got Legends of Tomorrow, which is a fucking like here's here's let's get all the D listers from the comics and put them in one show and try and make it good. Um, and then they did then uh, they got Supergirl from CBS when that tanked on CBS. Yeah. They're like, oh, we'll go to the CW. They got Supergirl. Um, uh, Batwoman. Uh, I stopped watching the, this 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 whole series of shows years ago because they because they did the same because they're doing the same thing, right? They're like, we got Arrow and we got Flash. We got a third weird show. Thing about, weird thing about Batwoman loves true crime, <laughs> uh, as opposed to Batman who hates crime. Yes, correct. Um, correct. So it, it would follow the same thing. We're like, we third show. That's a lot of money. Now all shows have 75% of the, of that budget. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, I don't know how, like eventually I think arrow, uh, stopped after like season eight, nine or whatever. Uh, but I saw a clip recently of the flash and I haven't watched the flash in years. And I was familiar with the, with the, with the bad guy from the comics. Yeah. But I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what, what this, uh, this clip is. This clip is a, it's uh the bad guy, and two of the two of the the flashes on a dark rooftop at night. Bad guy Flash makes a lightsaber out of flash energy in his hand. Oh my god, this is this sounds terrible already. And then the other flashes, who I assume had not done so at this point, also make lightsabers out of flash energy in their hands. And then they have a sword fight. Well, that is just perfect for the CW. Tim, you keep saying flash energy. It's yeah. called the speed force. I know Please the speed- <laughs> use the proper terminology on this podcast, okay? Uh-huh. You fucking scrub. <laughs> Do you even read comics? I'm surprised you know about the speed force. Why would I not know about the speed force, Tim? The I so I caught I caught um I used to date a girl who liked uh, the Flash yeah and I couldn't for that's the life right, of me figure right. out why that's right and so every so often I'd like see an episode and never it was never like I'd see an episode and then I'd see the next episode I'd see an episode then two or three episodes would go sure, by sure sure and I'd see another episode and. I would swear to God, it was like a rerun because yeah. they they seemed was, to follow the same little like three or four episode arc where Barry Allen would see the future. He'd uh-huh. see something bad. He'd try and change it. In trying to change it, he would cause it. Uh-huh. They'd have to fix it, and then he'd see the future again. And yeah. it's just like basically over and over and over again. And because it was also a procedural. Yes, and I'm because they were uh, forensic scientists. And I pointed this out. And <laughs> And she's like, yeah, but it's like the character's still interesting. And I'm, I, how? The best thing about that show was uh, Barry's two dads, uh, his adopted father, uh, who used to be on um, uh, Law and Order. Uh, okay. And uh, his real dad, uh, his, his birth father, played by the guy who played The Flash in the, in the 90s series. Oh, that's a great series. Uh, I like it it better if his two dads were the guys from Modern Family. (laughs) His two dads should be, uh, he should have three dads that should be everyone from Two and a Half Men. Yes. Uh, But yeah, the best thing, I think the best thing about that show overall was that they cast um, that guy as his, his dad. And then also later on, because the whole multiverse thing, they cast him as uh, Jay Garrick Flash. Yeah. 
that and then they brought back Mark Hamill as uh, his character from the Flash from, from the nineties. Yeah. yeah. I think my dad has that whole. It's right. It's right over there. Yeah, it's right there. It's Flash, the complete complete series, uh, where he that suit made him look like a buffoon. Yeah, because it's like early molded latex. Uh-huh. Some goofy shit. Yeah, the Flash should be able to turn his head. Not a great <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah, oh. I don't understand how this um, this verse uh, has just continued with these. I mean, the shows, the budget on these shows have just tanked over the years. So to me, because I've seen, you know, we've all seen the meme clips from Supergirl. And uh, if you've ever listened to the 40s radio serials, I listened to the Superman Adventure Hour or Half Hour, whatever it was, brought to you by Kellogg's Pep (laughs) for a while. And it was amazing. So, like, you watch a modern sci-fi or superhero show and you know that they're going to transform into Superman but only like once. Yeah. Most of the episode is going to be him doing stuff as Clark Kent. Sure. And what amazed me was in a radio show where it costs nothing for him to turn into Superman. <laughs> Most of the episode would be him like being a bomb. Yeah, it would be him being Clark Kent to do something and then he would turn into Superman to fly somewhere else where he turned back into Clark, Clark Kent, Kent to investigate. Like no one is wondering how <laughs> Clark Kent gets across the fucking city in a flash. <laughs> Uh, and it was it was every episode like an episode he would turn into Superman he'd be Superman to do like one thing like catch a bullet or stop a train or or kill a woman uh-huh. and you know eat her flesh alive and then at the end of the episode he would turn back into Clark Kent even though the situation wasn't really resolved so the next episode he would be Clark Kent again at the beginning so he could transform back into Superman it was weird. such a silly concept for something that had that cost nothing yeah yeah and now you watch these shows and they're they're trying to not do that, but the result is that they're constantly like supermaning around in what looks like they just cut the person out of the frame and then move, drag them off, you know, did a move in Adobe I After mean, Effects. Yeah, there's there's clips from The Flash that just are the fucking worst of these these actors in dumb suits or sometimes not just running in 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 place, you know, and then they'll add the lightning trail and the CG in the background. But somehow someone got gets a hold of like just them running in place, and it's the dumbest shit ever. Yeah, it's it's they're trying wild. to have their cake and eat it too. They're trying to make like a TV Avengers without spending any money. Yeah, yeah. I I've never I never got any of it. It never appealed to me. The only one that I thought was vaguely interesting uh, the whole way through was post season one of uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Because it became a time travel show. Like, it became Quantum Leap. They turned it into superhero Quantum Leap, where, like, now we're stranded in 1770 Victorian England, and we all have to wear uh, these costumes the ship makes for us, and we have to fight Jack the Ripper, who turns out to be a metahuman. Uh, And the next week, we're stuck in 2152 in a weird apocalyptic slave planet. We're stuck in the WB 1940s backlog. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly right. Do you remember what like the original Star Trek would do episodes like that? Like yeah. all of a sudden, like they're on the Nazi planet and you just know they had no money. Patterns of just, force. Like, yeah. 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 That's oh. it. Uh, thank you, Vinny. Now I can talk about Star Trek for the rest <laughs> of the episode. Really, really appreciate that. See, I didn't bring it up, but now, uh, now that you mention it. Don't <laughs> get These are the ramblings of Dad and Dean. 
their five-year mission to bitch about modern Star Trek. To point out old Trek was often just as bad to boldly go where many podcasts have gone before. Yeah, so you'd have episodes like um, a piece of the action where they go back to this planet and the whole planet is 1920s, was is run by the Chicago mobs of the 1920s yeah, yeah. book, and that's the whole theme. And that's and the was, only episode Quentin Tarantino ever saw. It made him like Star Trek <laughs> and want to write a Star Trek script. The, like, it, yeah, those are great, though. It, it was because that show was about the story. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was, they were little morality plays that they just, had a space look to them the same as westerns like that's why there's that arc of the death of westerns and the rise of Mm sci-fi like they're the exact same stories it's just this one was set in the past and these are set in the future and yeah they cost nothing to make because you don't have to we don't need to build a set for 1776 victorian england we can go or that's not that's what 18th century victorian (laughs) england and god damn it and uh, okay. and go do it on this back lot that we already have set up that we shoot, you know, Pride and Prejudice or yes, Downton Abbey yeah. at every weekend. <laughs> uh, and they just keep ma- they just keep cranking those shows out, and they're not popular. No one's talking about them. No, it's not like a Netflix original that comes out and everyone's like, oh, Netflix original. We got this new Netflix original series about you know space or time bullshit. We got uh, what was that one that everyone was talking about for a while? The anthology of sex, love, and robots. Or, oh, the animated one. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let let let's be real here for a second. They have no money because they're on television. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I also don't think that these shows would be popular if they took them to HBO Max. You're right, but well, I don't know because no, you're wrong though because because people love I know people I I know people that watch and really like the Titans show on HBO Max and Doom Patrol on HBO Max just because they're on HBO Max. No, because they're better. (laughs) But are they? Yeah, Doom Patrol's not bad. That show's all right. Doom Patrol's like Doom Patrol's quirky enough in, in its own thing. Uh, to stand on its own, and then Titans is fucking like edgy and emo and doesn't care. They're not making fun of themselves. They 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 picked a thing and stuck to it. So yeah, I just go back to you have to be re- re- the Flash is nobody's favorite superhero. No, no, you know you you have to if you're gonna do a character like that, like the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. That was a movie about characters that nobody knew who they were. <laughs> yeah, so it had to be. It, they had to do a lot of things right to make that story, that whole movie work. Yes. And they did a good job of it. It's not great, but in hindsight, it's not great. But at the time, like, it was very capturing. Um, If you don't walk into the series with an in, already investment into it, you need to do something to really sell it. And that's what I think they're lacking. That's why I think they should just make like 11 Batman TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ba- Batman, to Batman, be honest, and Batman, and that's, Batman. that's where the comics have gone so far. Uh, I think... It's it's like a, I mean, it's more than 50% some weeks now where more than 50% of, of DC's comic books are Batman or Batman adjacent. Yeah, right. Le- Lego did this with 
they had Lego Batman, which is really popular. And then they started doing, they wanted to do sets that weren't Batman. But of course, they're like, well, no one's going to buy Wonder Woman's Invisible Jet sure. on its own. So they made a set that's like Batman fights Gorilla Grodd that comes with Wonder Woman and her, and her Invisible Jet. Uh-huh. Here's Batman and Superman take on a character. And so there were all these, it yeah. was called DC superheroes, but every single set Batman. had Batman in it and some other character. Yeah. There's, I mean, uh, it was a couple weeks ago. There were, there were three comics in the top fifty best-selling comics of the week, uh, from DC that didn't have Batman in them. And that was that was like a milestone, or no? It was just it was a couple weeks ago. This, I, I I paid attention to it. Mm. It was three of the top fifty best-selling comics. So not not three of DC's top comics but of all the comics from that week three of them were from dc and didn't have batman in them wow that's a i think it was a wonder woman comic a superman and something else suicide squad probably yeah i was gonna say harley quinn something maybe that yeah harley quinn are you a comic book reader uh, you know, I've I've lost my way, but yeah, there are years where I'll really get into it and read for, you know, a couple different series for a while. But yeah, I love comic books. I'm not as versed as some, but I love them. I think they're great. So when Tim said the Flash Energy, you also knew that it was the Speed Force. Yes, I did. Wow, Tim, you really look like a jackass now. <laughs> I I was gonna say I knew it was the Speed Force, but I didn't feel like piling on. <laughs> See, it's not my style. No, he only piles on Carl. That's that's the way to go. All Somebody right. has to. The kid, if you leave his ego unchecked, it'll uh, explode. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's <laughs> it's like the bus from Speed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the opposite. Carl, if it goes over a certain level, he'll explode. Yeah. Carl is like the Speed Force. He could form his ego into a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a lightsaber that has like a weird kink at the end, like his club feet. <laughs> Doesn't come now out completely straight. Now you're just being mean to the poor guy. Yeah, he can't, he's not even here to he defend a, himself. He has a real disability. Like, he could never do what you do. What? Walk? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. You got where I was going with that. Uh, well, that's the, it for your issue, Tim. I want to say thank you to you, Vinny, for uh, supporting the show. And tell everyone to visit the creep off. Thecreepoff.com, right? Yep, and you can check us out right now. Our voting for every episode is on uh, patreon.com backslash the creep off. And I do have a little side project I've been working on. I hope people check it out. It's very silly. I started a, a little side show called Vinny Likes Wrestling. It's the top three things I liked in wrestling since the last time I did a show. Mm. And it's usually the way somebody fucked up or did something dumb. And I try to keep them very entertaining. So even if you don't like wrestling, you'll probably get a laugh out of it. And the only place you could hear that is on the Cardiff Electric Podcast Network. That's yep. So check out the Cardiff Electric Podcast Network. Check out the creep off. Go support the Patreon. Get the get them up to five hundred people. Let's see the the roast of Vinny and Carl. I want to see all those you know, creepos. I forgot to tell you that what we're doing to, to be the grand finale of the actual Carl Vinny roast is going to be a uh, an official roast battle between Carl and myself. Voted on by the members of the panel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The audience, the live people there get to decide. And uh, what's the punishment if, who, if you lose? Castration. Oh. Uh, you guys need a like a great big, like a six foot wheel. With I'm just kidding. It's tri-meth. 
<laughs> Raise a meth squirrel from yes. infancy. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, check check out the creep off. I enjoy it. Uh, I should have started listening to it much earlier because, but I, now I have like a hundred episodes, back episodes that I need, I can catch up on. Plus all the bonus we, episodes. You did you did we, a uh, creeps and roses the <laughs> the review oh, of the Bachelor God. or the Bachelorette. Did you listen to it? I haven't listened to him yet. Okay, that was the the worst of the consequences for me personally. I had to spend eight hours in the Syracuse Mall once. Like, I've had to do lots of dumb shit, but fucking doing a show where I had to review The Bachelor. Oh, that sounds like hell. Dude, I had to do five episodes reviewing uh, Matt James's season of The Bachelor, and uh, I recruited PJ Filliam and my buddy Brian McBride to be my co-hosts, and I put together a full review of the entire season, and people say it is the greatest podcast they've ever heard, and they've asked me for more of it. And um, I would rather slice my own wrists open <laughs> vertically next to a microphone. Yeah, than do that. Yeah. Oh man, uh, my, that's another thing that women are into is those those dating reality yeah. shows. Just vapid cunts yep. doing vapid cunt things. Ugh. I'm so glad my wife isn't into that shit, man. Oh my god, if she watched that or The Housewives or any of that, I'd be out. Oh. Ninety Day Fiance. Oh. Now that that's a goddamn good show. You watch it. <laughs> the, there was there's one that my I, I was over at my stepmom's house and she was she had something on where these people had to get together and go through like personal growth and they weren't allowed to have sex and, until they won. And it's just all these people they're walking around with no shirts on, just in their in bathing suits. They have little strings around their necks so that they can clip the microphone to it and then they have a, a pouch around their waist so they can have the uh, wireless transmitter yeah, on. Yeah. But then they're still just not wearing clothes like, put a <laughs> fucking shirt on! <laughs> they're talking about how much growth and, and development they've gone through over this season. Yeah, I'm I like, bet. <laughs> these are the worst people I've ever seen. Why are, why are they on television? Yeah. Because they're the worst people you've ever seen. That's well, why we watch. Uh, well, it's a fucking society, humanity. It's the one thing I learned about the creep off. We are fucked up a million ways from Sunday. Uh, not me. I'm I'm normal. Well, clearly uh, not us. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. Not us. We're great. Actually, that's not true because according to the description of the creep off, now that I listen to it, it's the only show by creeps for creeps and about <laughs> creeps. So if you yes, listen to right. it, you're a creep. Correct. Yeah, that's um, that's a that's a solid fact. That is science. It is, and you know, I got to be fair. Most of the people that I know who listen to the show do do kind of have their own little weird, creepy idiosyncrasies. Well, we had a guy who fucking chopped up his girlfriend and fucking ate her parts of her back. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember that. The hitman. The hitman. Yeah. Uh, he really fucking stole my hero's name. I'm the biggest Bret Hart fan of the world. I thought he was talking about the bald guy who kills people with the tattoo of the barcode on the back of his neck. No nerd. <laughs> no, he's talking about wrestling. I know Come about on. wrestling. I've got a, I got a movie with a wrestler in it yesterday. The, the, they live. They're fucking the best. It is. Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Piper. Piper. Yeah. Roddy Piper is the fucking man. If you want to have a good time, Fucking uh, go back and watch some Roddy Piper promos on YouTube. The shit he fucking got away with. Uh, I love it. 
come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble. The fight with him and David Carradine in that movie. Oh, it's so good. Like 10 minutes of them just (laughs) beating each other. Yeah. Well, why else do you hire him if you don't have that? You say David Carradine? (laughs) What? Oh, Keith David. (laughs) Keith David. I was going to (laughs) say. I don't know why David Carradine came out of my my head. Uh, I'd pay money for I'd pay money to watch that. Uh, East meets West. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. If Roddy Piper was alive, one of these days where they come to wrestlers, like he's going to be one of those guys they tear down. He hit Jimmy Snuka over the head with a coconut once. And then he fucking wore like blackface, like half blackface to do a promo on the junkyard dog. He fucking did a lot of shit he probably huh. shouldn't have done. Do you think Roddy Piper was a problem? Do you think they'll ever like resurrect uh famous wrestlers with holograms? You like go to this holographic show and you'll get to see, you know, classic wrestlers fight new wrestlers, it's vice versa. Well, you know, I do. I absolutely do because they have these amazing archives of all these shows. WWE owns them all. And I don't know if you follow any of this. You probably don't. But that company is going to get sold in the next year or two. Vince has probably like, got a foot out the door. And the story is uh, they, they're talking to Disney a little. Oh, no. And, <laughs> and if Disney bought it, number one, it would be the death of everything. If I could kiss WWE goodbye, hello, AEW all day long. But... I could see them having like Andre the Giant hologram and shit like that. Of course, holographic museum of wrestlers where you can wrestle them. Yeah, <laughs> like like the WWE has a Hall of Fame. That's not a place. It's a television show. It's the Hall of Fame show this year. You know, like they don't have that physical stuff. And if they got bought by somebody like Disney and they had like the WWE Universe or at Universal Studios, whoever the fuck buys them. Um, you know, it, it's interesting, but who knows? Yes, I do think that'll happen. Uh, that'd be cool. Well, thank you, Vinny, for coming on the show. Uh, thanks to every, all the listeners. And uh, until next time, I'm Tab Burt. I'm Tim the Handlebreaker. Catch you next week. See ya. Adios. If you want to call into the Here's Get Hotline, call us at 704-750-9434 and tell us what you don't get. Or you can leave us a voicemail in the Discord under the voicemail upload channel. Uh, we've got two voice. Vinny, you want to hang out for some voicemails? I can hang out for a couple minutes. Hey, guys. I know this is late, but I'm catching up on some older episodes. You're talking about nicknames given to people in high school. There was a kid that went to my school, uh, and I don't even remember his first name, to be honest with you. But one time back in middle school, uh, during the sex education uh, program, he raised his hand because they were talking about STDs. And he says, I have herpes, referring to uh, the cold sore on his lip. And for the next, you know, seven years, his nickname became Herp. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Yikes. Part of me felt bad for the guy, and a bigger part of me just thought that was freaking funny. Anyway, great show, and uh, yeah, call me back. Oh, should we call him back? I like to think it made that guy a better person. <laughs> probably not. It yeah. probably he probably has like a bunch of names written on a wall, like Steve Buscemi and um, yeah, 
fucking <laughs> shot up a mall. What am I talking about? <laughs> what movie is that? Billy Madison. No, Billy Madison. Billy, yeah. yeah, Billy Madison. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sure glad I called that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. I sometimes I'm not really kept awake at night by it, but I'm I sometimes it cursed me some of the nicknames that I gave people uh-huh. in high school. I'm like, man, what a what a not good person. <laughs> uh, here's a voicemail. You might recognize this person, uh, Vinny. Here's what I'm gonna get. Compliance room mandates. So I'm looking to expand my horizons and Looking at a job that is 100% remote. I will never go into their office. I will never interface with another person. In the job listing, it says, Every employee must be 100% vaccinated against COVID-19. Why? What possible reason could there be for me to need to be poisoned to keep you feeling safe? When I will never be within a hundred miles of you. Fuck up. Yeah, that's the way the world's going. Yep. Doesn't matter where you are. You need to be. And I like that it says the hundred percent thing. Cause that means it can, whatever the new standard is, that's what you have to be. Mm-hmm. So they're going to fire employees who don't get their boosters, their fourth and fifth boosters. You guys got the vax. Oh yeah, of course. Uh-huh. You know, that's because you have to use have that to get into venues. No, I I, I, I gladly it. got it. I totally gladly got it because I heard a rewrite your DNA. Yeah, I was like, fucking, let's do this. Yeah, I want to be an X Men, dude. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, it, fuck it, no, bro. Slap one a booster and one in each tit. Let's fix that. <laughs> let's fucking get this under control. I don't. I said I would only do it if it would give me hyper autism, and they said that that what, vaccines don't cause autism. So I said, go fuck yourself. I prefer mild autism myself. Nah, I need. I already have mild autism. <laughs> I, need, uh, I need extra spicy. You gotta collect. You gotta catch them all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like serious autism. You're Jerry Seinfeld. I yeah. I need my peanut butter stirred before I get to it. Otherwise, <laughs> I won't be able to perform today. Uh, I I wish I still had the photos of that writer because I. I would every so often I would be like in a group of people that weren't in entertainment and I would just go, you know, you remember Jerry Seinfeld from Seinfeld about how he's like, and you think he's a normal guy, right? Well, listen to this. That was the other <laughs> funny thing was they made us play the New York music. So finally we get we we'll hear from the house managers. All right. The, the lobbies are all clear. Everybody's out of the building. We're like, all right, cool. Uh, and the sound guy comes over radio. And he's like, all right, uh, I've got the CD to give to production manager guy. And the head carpenter goes, Oh, um, as soon as Jerry walked off the stage, he walked out the security door into his car and they drove away. Like, so we had to play that. We had to sit and wait to turn off the sound system to play this music. And you're not even in the fucking building anymore. Fuck you. Didn't he have like, Wild. if I, if I recall correctly, it was like two different kinds of pickles. In the yeah. West or something? There was a, the food was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a feast for a King. Yeah. Yeah. It's the a lot of times like a, like a whole rotisserie chicken. Yeah, a, lo- <laughs> a lot of times you'll see what the one that I like is when they ask for local stuff. Like they'll ask for local beers, and and I get that because yeah. you you kind of want to. Oh, this is what they drink here. Like here's I want fat tire, but also you know whatever your local brewery is, whatever you know, dead armadillo, and uh, then you taste it and you go, wow, the beer here sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a terrible show. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it, everybody. Thanks for listening.